Eve fast approaches, brothers and sisters. The night where ghouls and goblins come out to play. Such a strange and amusing tendency we humans have. We fear the shadows, yet they fascinate us. We thrill and tingle at the mystery of monsters lurking just out of view. We seek out scares and laugh with relief as we emerge unscathed from our dalliance with the dark. Why do we do this? Do we require a shock to our system to remember and glory that we are alive? Are we just twisted little devils who enjoy flirting with Faustian bargains? Or is it just a bit of fun? A light-hearted romp through the graveyard to remind ourselves to be grateful we're above ground. I wonder. In any case, what we fear tells us much about who we are. We see monsters in the shadows, and it terrifies and enthralls us. My name's Ransom, and you're listening to the ramblings of a revenant alien. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rotten Raven Arcana. It's a spooky time of year to take a spooky kind of ramble. If this is your first time hearing the show, you're in for a treat. And maybe a trick thrown in here and there. Follow me down dark and misty pathways through haunted woods and enjoy some mellow murky blues along the way. Take a time out from the mundane and enjoy the mysterious mood of the season. Hope you find some fun and some wisdom and some light to take with you on your journey. If so, share it round, hold it high, and pass it on. And now, the shadows call to us, my friends. Grip your torch tight and follow me.
Today's episode was composed in a murky corner of my writing room with a candle burning beside me. Figured it was a good way to put myself in the proper mood to talk about things dark and dreary. What is it about horror that fascinates us? Why do gothic tales and ghost stories mesmerize us? Why do we seek them out? Yeah, I don't often watch scary movies, but in preparation for this episode, I decided it was time to take in a modern classic. Stephen King's It, uh, the recent remake, chapters 1 and 2. And it was indeed a shocking, frightful ride. Full of not just uncanny and weird horror, but the horror of terrible people doing terrible things. And it was so interesting to see that, as I watched... I preferred the imaginary, otherworldly scares, while the moments of human cruelty made me cringe and wish for it to be over. King's a master at weaving the two together, showing us how the dark side of things is always closer and more human than we think. But so is the light. I loved the way the movies ended, on hopeful notes where friendship and love overcame the horror and I think maybe that's why we like the scary stories, the imagined monsters. Because whether the tale ends on a bright note or a dark tragedy, when it's over, we're still standing. We go on. We're not trapped. And in staring into the fear, we test ourselves. And we come out alive. And that is invigorating. And it's fun! And fun is mostly what I'm after today. I hope you've got a cozy fire to cuddle up next to, maybe a thick blanket and a cup of tea. Today, we'll sit at the edge of the gloom and stare into it where the monsters live and see what they can tell us about us. legendary monsters down through history, there may be none more ancient and more well-known than the vampire. In case you've been living under a rock, or in a coffin, a vampire is a creature with, traditionally, a fearsome array of powers and an intriguing set of weaknesses. And as we tick them down, it's worth considering why humans are afraid of this particular monster. 
First, vampires have an insatiable appetite for human blood, which they extract from their victims using razor-sharp fangs. They lure their quarry with a sort of hypnosis by emitting an intoxicating aura that makes willing prey. Add to that, vampires can't die. They can only be killed by a wooden stake through the heart. But doing so is nearly impossible due to vampires' monstrous speed and strength and shape-shifting ability. You gotta catch them while they're asleep in their coffin during the day. Because, see, their greatest weakness is sunlight. It burns them, so they have to hole up and hibernate while the golden orb is in the sky. But come the moon, vampires are the perfect predator. A lot of competing origins for this legend, but it's no surprise it stretches across multiple cultures. Because we humans fear implacable evil, a nearly unstoppable threat, Something that smells sweet, then reaches out from the darkness and takes us to our grave. And not only that, the vampire's venom can make a vampire out of you, making you an undead, always hungry monster yourself, a fate worse than death, horrifying to contemplate. Now, let's be honest, sometimes we fantasize about the advantages of being such a creature. (laughs) I direct you to the Twilight Saga. But even there, the lurking danger of a powerful predator draws us in. The enticing thrill of battling such a monster, killing it at dusk, just before it awakens to hunt again. It's a tale we love to hear over and over and over. Maybe because there are vampires all around us. Things that stalk us and steal our life. Things we must bring into the light and destroy, lest we turn into that thing we fear. Look over your shoulder, friend. Is there something tailing you in the shadows? I recommend you find a sunny place and turn to face it before it's too late. for a favorite monster of mine, for which I must admit I have much more of a fascination than a fear. The werewolf. First off, I just like a lot about wolves. Their power, their ferocity, those sharp snouts and teeth. They just look cool. And so that affinity translates in my mind to the idea of a werewolf. I mean, how cool would it be to have wolf-like powers? Speed, leaping ability, claws and teeth, and excellent night vision and sense of smell. Superpowers, right? But that's not what a werewolf really is. A werewolf is a monster living inside your body that you can't control. It can be unleashed when you least desire it 
and overcome you and cause you or empower you to do terrible, terrible things to innocent people, to tear them to pieces, devour them without any compunction until you at last transform back into your human self and see the horror that you have wrought. Isn't that interesting? wonder where this idea came from. Probably that same subconscious fear that gave us Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. We all know we've got a monster in us, a darkness, and I dedicated a whole episode to it. So I think it makes perfect sense that we humans would develop a legend to concretize our fear of the evil that lives in our chest. One that's powerful, unpredictable, ruthless, and nearly impossible to kill, except by extreme measures or some kind of magic. I mean, that's not far off, because werewolves, for all their power and brutality, can be killed. It's just a real specific solution. Decapitation, silver bullet, or an attack by another powerful creature. Another werewolf or a stronger monster. Fascinating, right? It's as if the myth reveals the longing we have for a greater strength than ours to kill the creature that's hunting us from the inside. Because there's no way we can defeat it on our own. Just as we are. Huh. Well, still. I think werewolves are pretty cool. After all, who doesn't love a full moon on a dark night? It just occurred to me that I'm focusing on things that like to consume humans in some way. So let's go for one more. Can you guess? That's right. Zombies. The undead. The ravenous reanimated corpses that move in mobs and pursue you and devour you while you're still alive. Either ripping you limb from limb or turning you into a zombie yourself via a bite. This one's taken on so many forms in the last hundred years, I'm not even going to try to summarize them. Though I am very much looking forward to the upcoming HBO series, The Last of Us. I hope it's as good as the game was. But anyway, the idea of an animated corpse, whether created by voodoo or some virus, is horrifying. To see a human reduced to nothing but a voracious appetite, a mindless machine bent only on feeding, with no way back. I mean... That hits pretty close to home, wouldn't you say? Now, we know what addictions and unbridled feeding does to people. It's terrible. And I think that's part of why we enjoy the fictional zombies so much more. Because yeah. we can beat them back. In most versions of the story, we can outrun them, or hack them up with a machete, and escape. 
to keep on living, even as they overwhelm an area behind us. It's that thrill of fighting for our lives and winning, living to fight another day, to keep our humanity, to shrug off the despair of a collapsing world around us and keep seeking the light, believing it's out there somewhere, believing there might even be a cure. It's no wonder these stories have such power. I think we're all living a version of this tale, and whether we have eyes to see it or not. We're lone survivors, banded together in a bleak landscape. We've heard that the cure for the dehumanizing disease is out there somewhere, and we believe that we can fight our way toward it and find it and unleash it to heal the world. And you know what? I think we're right. back to that idea from earlier that real human evil is far scarier than any imaginary monster, I direct you to that classic figure of darkness, the witch. Or the warlock, but somehow the witch seems to dominate the conversation so much more. So much so that many people down through the ages have been accused of and uh, executed for, quote, being a witch. Awful stories, really. Paranoia and superstition and depraved mob justice, all directed at vulnerable persons. That's terrible. It's easy for us to look back and wonder what in the world was wrong with these people who were seeing magic and spells and curses coming from some odd individual. But remember, in pre- and proto-scientific ages, the wall of mystery that separated us from natural causes was a shroud of darkness and the thought of a witch's power to manipulate matter and events produced a deep-seated fear. Think of it. What good was plowing a field if a neighbor could hire the witch to curse you? How terrible would it be to see your child lured into the woods and cooked and eaten by the cannibal sorceress living in her earthen hut? Shadows play tricks on our minds, and we seek reasons for things, and the witch... The uncanny spellmaster wreaking havoc using the powers of darkness was a satisfying explanation when people had no clue how to explain anything. And dare I say it, friends, we're not too far advanced from the people of Salem. Whatever your particular ideology, I'm sure you have those things you just believe about people, with or without reason. We may be pretty sure these days that witches are not stirring cauldrons and casting hexes, but we still see certain people in the worst light, and too often gather a mob and go after them. I put it to you. Who's the monster in that situation? That, I must admit, 
is a question that scares me. that could perhaps reeler to some than anything we've mentioned so far. Demons. Wicked, dark, powerful angels supposedly doing battle with the light in the unseen realm all around us. Always crouching at our door, desiring to have us, but unable to pass without our permission. Now, admittedly, in our science-centric culture, I'd wager that a high percentage of people don't believe that any such things as evil angels or any angels actually exist that there is any such thing as a spiritual realm. But if you're in a first world country right now, I want to clue you in to the more shadowy places around the globe where the presence of some dark force seems to press in. In many people groups where these dark figures were worshipped and placated and gifted with terrible atrocities committed on innocence, the reality of dark spirits is unquestioned. And I've heard pretty freaky stories from people who visited these places the sensations, the tingle in their spine, the feeling of being watched with angry eyes. It'll make your hair stand up. And it makes sense. We like to think that what we see is all there is. It's comforting. We don't like to imagine that we have enemies around us, trying to destroy us, terrify us, consume us, possess us, demand our souls, and in all ways reduce us to our worst selves. That ain't a pleasant way to go through life. Which is why I think this is one of the biggest real fears many people have, if they hold to the idea that the spiritual realm is real. Do I think that the idea of demons might have been misused as an explanation for certain psychiatric disorders down through the ages? Sure. But there's a lot of unexplained stuff people have reported around the world. And if there are things out there that hate us, well, only makes sense that they would enjoy torturing our minds. This is why I stay in the light. And I'm moving on. something maybe a little lighter, at least when it comes to its horror movie form, is the psychopath. The unhinged killer, the chainsaw-wielding, masked, and mutated figure, the deeply inhuman killing machine. Unstoppable, implacable, and wielding fearsome weapons. So many classics, eh? Jason, Freddy, Michael, Leatherface, The Creeper. And what is it that we find so entertaining about watching young, doughy, foolish folks on the run from seemingly omnipotent villains? I'm going to guess it's that thrill of escape. In the same way that drama produces catharsis, and that emotional journey that ends in the release of hope, I'd say, 
horrifying stories produce a catharsis of relief. The feeling we have when we escape death, the immediate rush of having survived, of walking back out into the daylight and leaving the monster in the shadows, never to be released to stalk us again. That's a profound, even theological framework. And among storytellers, you'll find that some of the most thoughtful people tell horrifying tales on purpose. They see a deep value in dragging the viewer down into the dark to face the terror, the punishment, the evil that is then somehow vanquished so we can all head back up and out into the sunlight again. It's positively primal. It seems humans like to be scared down again in a safe environment so that we can feel that rush. Not everybody, I know, and to be honest, I don't watch horror movies as a matter of course, but I see their appeal. I see the universal tragic truth baked into their structure, which I appreciate as a person of faith. And to dip a toe in the real here, horror is not just a genre. It's a concrete reality of human existence. And we hope to avoid it. We try to build lives of peace to protect ourselves and those we love, and to stay away from the wicked people we know are out there. This is wise. But how interesting is it that we still long for the thrill of escape, the buzz of putting our hand into that dark hole and seeing if anything chomps down on it. (laughs) We fear pain, but we exult in the magic of risking it. Huh. What strange creatures we are. things up with a fear I have, and I think many people have, that doesn't exactly always make it into our Halloween parties, our ghost stories, or our costumes. It's the fear of a wasted life that ends in ignominy and emptiness. The thought that we might come to the end of our days and look out from our deathbed and see a life that meant nothing to anyone, that will not be remembered, celebrated, or even missed and know that we will face the judgment of history and be found deeply wanting. That's a real terror. Many characters and many stories have faced it. Scrooge, for one. But also more historical figures like Esau and Judas and Peter. How terrifying to think that we could commit actions from which there is no way back. That we could destroy our lives and our world, and our loves, so completely that you might as well throw us on the trash heap and set us on fire. (laughs) That, I think, is the ultimate horror. It's wrapped up with the idea of hell, 
a place that is beyond redemption. That's deeply scary. It's something that we all hope is not real. And I'm not here to debate with you whether it is or not. I find it too disturbing to bat that around for fun, like so many believers seem to do, which I think is disgusting. But I just want to point out that this horrific idea isn't quite what we often imagine it to be. It's not actually, in its ultimate conception, about a vengeful deity torturing for pleasure. It's the idea that these terrible ends we might come to are self-inflicted and unnecessary, and that the end of paths that had so many chances to escape that we just ignored. That is effing scary. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare I don't wish on anyone, in this life or the next. And so in this way, I think the most useful thing about dwelling on scary stuff is that it points to the light to the good, to the truth, all of which are stronger than the dark. And they will win the day. Stay in the light, y'all. Live a life that beams out against the night. And don't forget to have a little fun with the legends we paint in the shadows. Enjoy that thrill of escape and be grateful for the sun beating down on your face. Until next time, my friend. Happy Halloween. <laughs> As promised, we emerge into the daylight with nary a soul lost from our company. I hope you enjoyed the Witch's Walk. If so, please do subscribe and share the show with others and you know, most importantly, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd be deeply grateful. If you want to reach out to me, you can drop me a line using revenantalien.com slash contact. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at arevenantalien, and I write on Medium. Short stories, think pieces, random thoughts you might enjoy. To support the show, go to revenantalien.com slash support and follow the link to my anchor page. And if you're battling a monster, particularly the one inside, I hope you'll drift on over to revenantalien.com slash searchers. I'll lift some light there for you. It'll fill you up if you let it in. Don't be a stranger. Godspeed. And I shall see you out there. Oh, and just one more thing. I thought I'd blow the lid off this little secret segment I've been doing for the past few episodes, and yeah, maybe uh, maybe you already heard it, but I'm hoping that some of the people that don't generally stay around to listen are now uh, intrigued to see what's going on here after the final music fades down. Uh, so, if this is the first time you're hearing the segment, welcome. I do hope you enjoyed the episode. It was a lot of fun to compose, a lot of fun to conceptualize and to think... Uh, think that I'm contributing to this uh, really fun holiday that I, you know, I used to think was deeply evil and now I realize is, I mean, real evil is very, very different. You know, Halloween brings us together, it gets us out to see our neighbors. It helps us push darkness away, actually, and I think in that way it's really, really good. Another thing I really wanted to do in this segment that I'm excited about is to uh, answer some questions. I had someone send me some, and actually it's a nice long list, and I'm not going to take them all on now, but one did particularly apply to this time of year, and I thought I'd just knock it out. So, uh, hey, thank you, Keneath, for sending these questions in. And uh, here we go. Here's a question. 
Do you believe in vampires, werewolves, Bigfoot, and or aliens? Oh my goodness, that, that hits kind of close to home, Kenneth. I'm just telling you, man. <laughs> well, I'll take them one at a time. Vampires. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think, I, I'm sure if a creature like that actually existed, uh, it'd be all over the news. I, I have a feeling they'd have this rad Instagram account and uh, they'd be, you know, very famous and possibly very dangerous to uh, government powers who would try to take them out. So I don't, I don't think they're real. Uh, werewolves, same thing. Yeah, but I've listened to plenty of lore episodes, and I'll tell you, there's there's plenty of unexplained stuff. Uh, so there may be something. Uh, same goes for Bigfoot. I mean, gosh, all the places that Bigfoot's been sighted or some sort of, you know, bipedal hominid has been sighted, uh, they're deep and dense and dark and hard to see into. So I'll put it this way. I don't sit up thinking, yeah, I can't wait for them to finally discover Bigfoot. I, I, I would just say that if it happened, I wouldn't fall off my chair. You know, I'd say, well, look at that. Sure enough, whether people would be able to accept the evidence uh, once it was found to be real, I don't know, right? We're uh, pretty fickle creatures when it comes to what we believe. But uh, aliens, oh, man, that's a good one. That's a deep one. I'm sure my friend Jonah on the uh, Blue Collar Enlightenment show would have a lot to say about that. That's uh, I can go a lot of different ways, but I'll try to take it on directly. Do I think that there are actual other intelligences out there in our physical world that could come and land on our planet? I don't. I feel like we would have found them by now. I mean, we're looking all the way to the edge of the universe, and we can tell that it's going away from us, and we still haven't found anything? I don't know, man. I mean, the idea of it's kind of cool, but I don't know. I feel like if they were out there, we would have found them or they would have found us by now. Now, might uh, might there be some distant future where that does happen? Of course. Of course. But right now, all we see is us. And then there's a bunch of us, like myself, who claim that there is another intelligence out there. It's just uh, not the way we would conceptualize in a sci-fi sense. So that's all I really got to say about that. But, uh, Kenneth, thank you for the question. That was fun. And... uh I look forward to more of those coming in from y'all because I love to respond directly to you and to give you my honest thoughts about real stuff in real life. I mean, that's what this is for. This is for you guys. I'm just hoping to bring beauty and light and goodness and wisdom to your front door so you can take a look in the box and take in what you want and use for you. So have a fantastic day, everybody. Stay cool or, you know, stay warm, depending on what part of the world you're in. And uh, I'll see you next time. Peace.